Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now, here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the exit planning podcast show. Today's guest is an expert charitable giving strategist for a national faith-based foundation who's going to share some charitable giving exit planning strategies with us today. We're going to talk with him right after a word from our show sponsors. Right now, there's a record number of buyers looking for businesses, and many businesses are selling at a premium. To get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth, contact a broker at Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880. We're Minnesota's largest seller of companies. Let us help you maximize your life's work. Call 612-455-0880 or visit sunbeltmidwest.com. What we see with many businesses is that they've never gotten marketing to work consistently and the marketing they do doesn't meaningfully impact their bottom line. Data approaches it differently by partnering with clients for long-term sustainable marketing solutions. They start with a consultative crawl, walk, run approach that helps you scale your marketing efforts naturally. Data provides marketing for the long-time success of your business to tell your story in a compelling way and to make sure the value you bring is apparent to everyone. Go to data.com for more information. That's D-A-Y-T-A.com. Trustpoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. For business owners, it can be overwhelming to start planning a transition or exit strategy, but it's so important to avoid unwanted outcomes and unexpected tax bills. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knutson & Company, can guide you and help make sense of the numbers. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we've assisted countless companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business is a process that takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. That's jakcpa.com. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Tyler Van Epps, who's a vice president and relationship manager for the National Christian Foundation in the Twin Cities. Tyler, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thanks so much, Julie. Glad to be here. So glad that you could be here. Honestly, I have not uh, covered the topic of philanthropy on this show for a long time. And so I think the timing uh, of having you on the show right now is perfect because a lot of business owners are really planning for year end. And and um, I'm sure that you're going to have some juicy strategies that you can share with them on how they can not only tap into their generosity, but also uh, save themselves some money in taxes, right? Absolutely. Q4 definitely starts to heat up for that. Yeah, for sure. But before we get into all of that, could you just share with us, how did you get involved in the charitable works industry? Yeah, I, um, I've always been kind of 
at the intersection, you know, for me personally, as a, as a person of faith, kind of the, the ministry and marketplace intersection has always been mm. an area of interest to me. So, you know, seeing, seeing pastors involved in highly entrepreneurial ventures and seeing business owners with a, a heart for the communities that they're a part of and communities around the world. Um, I just, I had that modeled to me uh, very early in life and very early in my career and really had a unique, um, unique experience around that. So I think that's, that's always kind of how I've, I've played in the sandbox a little bit. I've always had unique connection to both, uh, I would say community oriented or community facing projects, ventures and organizations, and then always Mm -hmm. had a a passion and an interest for for entrepreneurs and for business ownership. So that's kind of how I got into the space more professionally just in the last probably six to eight, six to 10 years here and uh, continue to find a, a lot of life and a lot of purpose in that as well. Well, there's definitely a lot of purpose there and um, such fulfillment too, right? Because you're you're making, you're helping to make such a positive impact. And and I always like to um, look at any kind of endeavor, any kind of project or anything that I plan to do, um, how it has to be a win-win for everybody. And and this is, we're definitely talking about that here. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So tell me, how does a small faith-based organization like National Christian Foundation become the largest illiquid gift processor in the country? Holy cow. Yeah, it, it is such a unique story. I think so much of it goes back to really our founding and our founders um, in the mm-hmm. early 80s. Um, so three, three amazing guys that are kind of, you know, in some circles, legendary uh, in their own practices. But you've essentially got a, a financial advisor, a financial coach and an attorney that all mm-hmm. had a really unique admiration and respect for each other's practices. And so you've got uh, Terry Parker, Ron Blue and Larry Bur- Burkett are, are fairly common names uh, within the industry, financial advising and philanthropy. And they all had this shared value of generosity. And so as they, you know, for, for uh, many years collaborated together, looking for unique strategies on the legal side and unique gifts and opportunities um, on the financial advising side, they really put together what, what is really one of the most unique uh, structural entities and organizations I've been around um, in the National Christian Foundation. And so I think that that innovative spirit is a huge part of our founding story. And then when you really tie that to the vision of, of generosity and charity and philanthropy, that was really at the core of, uh, of who they were, um, who they are uh, for a couple of them still. Um, that, I think that's really led to a lot of innovation in the space. I'm sure it has. Um, well, innovation in the space and, you know, across different firms who probably try to emulate that in a way, right? So obviously the ripple effect of what they started is not only positive within NCF, but in other um, organizations, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, when you become, when you do a whole bunch of things for the first time ever, you know, when when NCF was one of the early early adopters of donor advised funds and supporting organizations and Mm -hmm. complex gifts and all this kind of stuff, when, when you have to do it for the first time, you have to get really good at it. And then mm-hmm. that really inspires people. And when a lot of those stories are, hey, the first time somebody ever gifted 100% of their company to charity and the IRS had to say, well, are, can they actually do that? Like it, you, you get really good at the, the tactical and strategic sure. side of it. 
but so much of it's driven by the innovation and the vision of, you know, a lot of those founders and the people that have come behind them. Right. Well, we could call them trailblazers. That's for sure. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So I know that you've got some really great exit planning strategies that you can share with us around some of the tools and resources within MCF. So um, maybe share with us what that secret recipe is for the business owners out there who are looking at doing something like this, but they're not sure how to get started. They don't know what the strategies are. You know, how does it benefit them and others? Let's go with that for now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a, a lot of times when we're talking to business owners, to clients, to advisors, I mean, the, the big thing that we say is, you know, when, it, when it's all said and done, the money's going to go somewhere. And typically it's three places. It's, it's personal or family. Um, it's federal government in, in the form of taxation, um, mm-hmm. or you have the opportunity to put that into charity. And the, the really cool part about a lot of the, the legal structures and a lot of the opportunities that we have is that when you decide to move things from kind of the personal balance sheet to the charitable balance sheet, just in terms of your intent, um, the government does a really good job of almost matching that in effect. Um, and so there's mm. some different ways to, to kind of look at it, but there's, there's incentivization that I think is really written into the tax code, written into the you know, societal structure of the, of the U S that really mm-hmm. promotes generosity and charity as, as part of an ethos kind of, um, mm. of that. And so as, as owners start to look at that as part of an exit strategy and, and really, you know, it's, it does take a, a unique person who has kind of a DNA and culture of, of generosity and charity um, mm-hmm. to really pursue this. But there is such a, a robust ecosystem within NCF specifically of tools and competencies. And I, and I think that's, you know, public charity status. Uh, there's unique trust structures that we have around holding different types of assets. We, we essentially have an internal boutique law firm of gift planning attorneys, due diligence, uh, due diligence attorneys that make it an entirely in-house process. And so, I mean, the, the biggest thing that biggest thing that we end up telling owners is give, then sell, give, then sell. There are so many advantages if you're if you're charitable, charitably inclined and you have a heart and an intent to give. Your, mm-hmm. your opportunity to give um, closely held interest prior to your sale is going to maximize a lot of your opportunities. Really? Okay. I did not know that. I mean, I knew that there were uh, tax saving strategies that could be implemented um, before a sale, but mm-hmm. I thought that they were more about like sheltering, right? You know, different trust instruments. And, you know, a lot of that is like a look back of three years, um, maybe speak to that. Is, does that apply to what I'm referring to right now or is that a different thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we, you know, a lot of times we'll say, hey, you got a, a five or $10 million S Corp, like whatever it is. Um, there's really kind of three layers of tax efficiency that we really look at when we're talking to owners. I mean, first and most obvious is that income tax deduction, especially around, right. uh, you know, an exit where there's a, a significant windfall and a significant liquidation event, any charitable gifts can be put, uh, can be marked against that from a, from an income tax deduction right. standpoint. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's also the carry forward on that mm-hmm. as well um, for, for uh, subsequent years. Um, the other layer of that is that gifts prior to the sale actually reduce your capital gains tax exposure. So if, you know, a lot of people have maybe this 10% milestone in their head. And so, they, you know, they sell their business, 
um, you know, they pay off any debt on it, whatever it is, they take their net and they say, hey, we want to take 10% and put that into a private foundation or we want to make a 10% um, contribution to charity. Um, there's different different tax treatment and tax advantages from a private foundation versus a public charity. You've got a lot um, higher percentages um, when you're doing it to a public charity in terms of both your your cash um, cash contributions to that that can be marked against your your uh, CGI, and then you also have uh, the assets um, asset contributions that you can do that as well. So if you if you decide, hey, I'm going to donate a million dollars of of interest prior to the sale. Well, your capital gains exposure is is uh, reduced down to nine million. So you're actually only paying capital gains on nine million dollars of that gift versus the full ten million. And so a lot of times, that's where we talk about, hey, you can really easily kind of shift some of your capital gains right into a charitable gains uh, type of strategy. And then there's the estate tax uh, down the line, which you kind of mentioned in terms of sheltering some of that for um, mm-hmm. for the future. Wow, this is great. So um, what does it look like then for a business owner who is considering an exit? Um, They're trying to design this charitable strategy alongside the exit plan. Maybe kind of give us a um, paint a word picture, if you will, of what that looks like. when, When to start, who to work with, that kind of thing. Get a free gift illustration. (laughs) (laughs) That's our that's our biggest thing is um, you know the the value of having um, having an internal team of gift planning attorneys and due diligence attorneys. Everything for us starts to kind of an asset donation form, and so um, as we start to learn more uh, about the story of of the owner, the entrepreneur, whoever it is that we're talking to in this place in this case, and start to really draw out like intent and vision and I mean, there's there's so many soft storyline things that happen around these transactions, and and you know it well in the in the work that you do. A lot mm-hmm. of times, owners can kind of just get thrown into this whirlwind where there's a lot of movement, momentum, noise, busyness, and then yeah. you get to the end, you get tossed out, and you say, "Where where am I?" <laughs> right, right. Or they're um, just tired, and they just go, "Okay, uncle, I." I, I oh, can't do this absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. That's, that's totally, totally <laughs> accurate. Yeah. So so for us, just uh, early on being able to say, hey, we want to at least paint a picture of vision for what this looks like. And so we really look at the assets. Um, we get an understanding of what the tax implications are around an exit event. Um, we, we do try to do all of this well, well in front of any type of LOI or even, you know, even go to market in some cases, you know, we've done it as much as two years in advance, two, three years in advance of a sale. We've done it as, you know, in yeah. much shorter timelines than that. And so, sure. um, but I think so much of it comes back to just kind of the, the culture and DNA of the, the owner and the giver in that scenario. Right. Well, we really like to model out, hey, if you're, you know, looking at different scenarios around gifting of, you know, maybe it's maybe it's S Corp stock, maybe it's actually, you know, property or LLC that's part of the business and we're able to separate certain pieces of it out for that are more tax advantage gift uh, gifting mm-hmm. strategy. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll paint an illustration, you know. Some of them can be as short as, you know, seven, eight pages. Some of them are, you know, 30, 35 page illustrations because of how complex the assets might be. But sure. it gives uh, gives owners a really good picture of how to step into that. And so that's a conversation with our team, conversation with our attorneys. And, and really, that's the value add of what we do as well is we're not piecing together all these third party 
implementers is we run the whole thing in house. And so you're, you're never more than three to five, you know, you're never more than a phone call away from a three to five person team that has a, has an answer for you quickly. This is great. I'm really learning a lot. I'm so glad I've had you on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I have to say too, I have, um, and I'm sure that you have run across this many times, but a lot of the clients that I have had over the years and, and current clients actually are very generous people, very yeah. kind, generous people. And they really do want to give back some away and, you know, in gratitude for the success that they have acquired because they know that they didn't just do it all on their own. And, you know, many of them are going to reward their their employees in different ways and things like that, which is super admirable. And I agree with that, too. But but at the same time, um, you know, that this whole generosity um, mentality, you know, like you talked about with having it be in your DNA. Uh, why do you why do you think that that's a recurring theme? Yeah, honestly, that's one of my one of my favorite questions to ask myself. And it's one of the questions I ask a lot of owners, too, is I see that I see the way and you mentioned kind of that ecosystem of generosity. I think sometimes it's easy for us to kind of pigeonhole that into charity and and gifts and, and being generous to our community. But so much of owners is, you know, thankfulness and gratitude for their mm-hmm. employees, for their customers, for their vendors. And and I think a lot of times, you know, uh, especially a exit or liquidation event prompts a lot of that reflection. And, right. you know, we think about, you know, we're, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving here and we're thinking about gratitude, the things in our life that we're thankful for. And when mm-hmm. you actually start to take, a t- take time to consider those things, it creates a really unique moment of, of reflection, especially for owners. They start thinking about that first employee that they ever hired, that first client that they ever landed, the first vendor that they mm-hmm. vendor contract that they negotiated. And they think about a lot of those unique firsts. And I think that's a big part of gratitude with it. And then the, the part that always kind of gets to me, especially as I look at highly entrepreneurial people, I think there's an aspect of that personality where there's actually a you know, there's a deep-seated desire to add value to the world around you that I think is kind of innate in a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. People typically don't do hard things to start something new if they don't have some type of alignment towards bringing value or added value to the world and to the people and community around them. So I think that that gratitude moment kind of combined with the entrepreneur entrepreneurial personality is a big part of it. I agree 100%. That is that is so true. I, I guess I would have to say that that's really true about myself. And you kind of just put um, a little ribbon around it when you said adding value to the world is an eight in an entrepreneur, because <laughs> I just have seen it so many times in my life. And I never really like identified that that was a thing. Um, yeah. You know, it, and it really is. So well, that's um, such a I mean, just to say that's such a cool part of this moment in an entrepreneur's life. And a lot of times it can be a really dangerous moment for entrepreneurs because they pour so much of their purpose into one reflection of that in their lives. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of reposition that after this, you know, this big climactic milestone moment in their life. And a lot of times that's what generosity unlocks for owners is they have, they have this revival of their mission or kind of recultivating of, of that same drive just in a, a little bit different iteration and focus. That's a really great way to explain that. I think that that, that is kind of a, kind of an, a, it's hard to describe that feeling, right? It's, 
something that that arises in you and and I don't know I, I I'm having a hard time explaining it right myself because I, <laughs> I, I you know I went through my own exit and I had that feeling and and so I'm not done right I went into my next act but but yeah. we really do right we're purpose driven we really do have a drive and a need to continue to contribute and feel productive and and relevant and things like that but you know one question that I think uh, maybe some of the advisors out there might be asking or thinking about is how do you, how does NCF collaborate with other professional advisors? Maybe you could paint a picture for us on how that works. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we, we've got 32 offices across the country. And so everyone will have a little bit of a unique approach and unique, um, I think a unique culture in the, in the relationships that we bring within our Twin Cities office. Mm-hmm. Our biggest thing is that we we want to really equip and build a platform for our advisors. I think a lot of times, you know, when when mistakes are made is when we come in and we try and talk over an advisor or try to, you know, really, really prop up our credibility and our competency and excellence in what we do. But honestly, the best thing is for us, if if advisors are asking those questions and starting to tee up conversations with their clients about generosity, about charitable giving, like they're, they're good advisors. They're really Mm -hmm. good advisors if they're having those type of holistic conversations. And so our approach is really to come in and say, Hey, we've, you know, we've done this, you know, thousands of times across the nation. We've done it hundreds of times locally. Like we know that we have an ability to serve your client in a very meaningful, purposeful, and excellent way. And we actually want to add that capacity to your team so that it looks like you. It looks like you doing this. It looks like you offering this. Oh, I love that. We we know we, we can't, you know, and at some point we do. A lot of times we get to that level of relationship with the client themselves, but we really understand that our role in that process is to strengthen the relationship that advisors or, or attorneys or whoever it is has with their client. And that that's a win for us. You know, we, we come in and we don't have a lot of vested interest in this, in this deal or in this transition, whatever it is. Um, sure. until there's actually a, a liquidation in this and the client has an intent for a charitable strategy behind it. For us, it's really, we, we want to inspire generosity in the community and the people around us and the best way for us to do that with advisors, attorneys, and other people is just say, hey, we can we can make your job easier. We can strengthen mm-hmm. your relationship with your client. Kind of like a silent partner. Oh, yeah. That that's yeah. actually a great way of putting it. I've always I've always yeah. kind of said we're a little bit of this like unbiased third party um, sure. as as you navigate um, these transitions. And that, that's what happens. You know, you've got financial mm-hmm. advice coming into it. You've got legal advice coming into it. You've got exactly. succession and you got all these different advisors around us. And we, and, and the more noisy we get, we know that that actually creates a harder experience and a more difficult experience for the client. The sure. quieter that we can be while also strengthening the voice of whatever mm-hmm. strategic advisor that we're serving in the process, we mm-hmm. know that's going to make a stronger experience for the client. Well, and anytime we can keep it simple and not complicate things, it makes it easier for decision makers to actually make a decision because when people are yeah. confused, they don't decide, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what just, advisors have appreciated about mm-hmm. us too, is that we are mm-hmm. one point of contact with a full, you know, stem to stern service, um, all internal. And you're not working with a, 
you know, a, a firm that's saying, hey, here's the here's the lawyer that we brought in to do this. Here's the due diligence person we brought in to do this. You know, we're one point of contact for the advisor that offers mm. that whole suite of services. Mm. Seamless. Love it. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> um, this has been great. I wish we could keep going, um, but we're going to, you know, leave our audience wanting more and we are definitely going to be um, pr- providing links to your website and your LinkedIn and, and different things that you've sent us as resources for our listeners in the show notes so that they can find you and contact you and get more information. Um, I sure appreciate you being on the show. Thank awesome. You. It was such a privilege. Thank you so much, Julie. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And for our listeners, you know where you'll be able to find this recording and every other recording with this show. We appreciate you joining us and please come back next time.